Hi friends, I'm Gwen. And I'm Jacqueline. Welcome to Talk Bookish to Me. The podcast where friends get together and talk about books. Welcome or welcome back to Talk Bookish to Me. Today's topic may be sensitive for some listeners. In this episode, we will be discussing plus size representation in fiction. We may use words that you were uncomfortable with. Some of the discussion might be triggering to you, so please proceed with caution. And remember to practice self-care before, during, and after listening to this episode. But first, we're going to talk about our current reads. So Gwen, would you like to go first? Yeah, I just finished a book last night and I haven't picked up anything new this morning yet. But my next read is going to be um, The Perfect Escape by Suzanne Park. Um, It's her debut novel and it is basically a YA rom-com and it's a guy and a girl and they go to a week-long survivalist competition. So sounds interesting. The cover is really pretty. Um, but yeah, I got, um, Sunny Song is not, is not famous or I got her new (laughs) release and I was like, well, I want to try her debut too. So I thought I could do like an author taste test and try two of her books. I don't read much YA anymore. Um, but this is a author that I've heard good things about and, um, she's Korean American, the author is, and she's also, or she was a comedian, um, so I'm hoping that some of that humor translates to her books. I think I saw the, that was the Instagram picture, right? Yes. Yes. The other one. Yeah. I am currently reading Hairpin, Hairpin Bridge for some reason. I just feel like that. It's not a hard word to say, but I feel like it just doesn't fit together in my head. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I am 33% through that. I actually just got back from a long walk. And so I listened to most of that on my walk. I'm like going back and forth because like there are points of the book that I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is really good. Like what's happening? And then it's like there's parts where I'm like, okay, we've been talking about this for a really long time now. Like let's switch, you know. Um, So I really don't know how I'm going to feel for the whole part of the book. Um, So that is my thoughts right now um that's pretty much it (laughs) that's actually the book that I finished reading last night so I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself um but I will say I was super anticipating this book it was on my most anticipated what was on both of our most anticipated I think because we both loved No Exit by this author so much Mm -hmm. um it was interesting I didn't know that (laughs) this author had written anything besides No Exit but they actually have two other books Mm -hmm. um before No Exit I haven't read either of those I've only read No Exit Um, but yeah, I read it. So I know those thoughts and feelings you're feeling as you're reading it. Yeah, I feel like, um, because No Exit was such a bestseller, I almost feel like he was trying to do the exact same thing in this book, but you can only kind of do that. Like, I think we liked No Exit because it was a little different and everything did happen in one area in one night, but I don't think that that's what we wanted in another book. Um, so I don't really like that everything, like the majority, the 33% that I've listened to, it's like, I feel like it's only been like 10 minutes of the whole story. And I'm like, okay, I'm sick and tired of like listening to that. Like, let's like, let's go do something like, let's come on, let's go. And it's (laughs) like, I don't want it to all happen in the majority of like 30 minutes of an evening. You know what I mean? So I I think that he should have. Um, tried something different. Yeah, I think it felt a little different to me because there were the multiple POVs. And I guess that made it feel to me like it was stretched out over a longer period of time. 
but I can definitely see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to keep my thoughts to myself. <laughs> so before we jump into today's topic, something that I want to make clear from the start is I identify as plus size. What terms I use, changes from day to day, how I describe my body, how others describe my body, you know, not that it's their job, but um, so Jacqueline, what about you? Um, I don't identify as plus size, but I do know that, especially on TikTok, there's like kind of the newer term of like midsize. And I definitely fall into that. I am a taller girl though. I'm five foot eight inches. So I already wear, I've always worn a bigger size than everybody. You know, I feel like even in books that irritates me is like the female always is like a size two or a size zero. And like, I don't feel like I identify or fit into what plus size means, but I wear a size 12 or 14, maybe 16 on a bad day. So it's like um, to other people, if I told them that, they're like, oh my gosh, like that's such a big clothing size or I have a hard time finding things for, you know, the size that I am. But if you look at me, I'm not going to look the same as someone else that identifies as plus size wearing those same size of clothes. I'm going to call you out. You said 16 on a bad day. And I'm like, there are no bad days with our body. Our body is able to shift and change. And it's all okay because I'm 16 on a good day in Jacqueline's world. No, I usually wear like a size 16, depending on the brand, sometimes an 18. But more than that, I don't even look at the number anymore. I just like a 1X. Give me a 1X and that is different on different brands Mm -hmm. so give me a 1x and I am golden (laughs) that's funny because I actually am going to disagree with you and say so the problem that I have sometimes is that um I don't think that each person needs to be judged or judge for what that they are or how they're feeling and so something that I find with um Like, say, for instance, I am like, oh, my gosh, like, I really don't wear, you know, I don't want to be a size 16 or I don't want to wear a size 16. I think that that's fine. I feel like it's this weird thing where it's like you either have to be like, oh, my gosh, I love my body so incredibly much and I'm totally okay with being, you know, fat or bigger or whatever terms you're using. Or they're like, oh, you're so incredibly skinny and you're totally happy with your body. I don't think that there is a perfect. I think that it does depend on the day. And I think that like if I do want to lose weight, like I can still really love my body, but be like, hmm, I actually like how I felt in a size 14 more, you know, like having five extra pounds. Like it does matter sometimes. Like I'll be like, oh, this was a little harder for me to do because I was a little fatter today, you know, something like that. I definitely get where you're coming from. I just wish that the terminology people used because the dialogue that you tell yourself really does have an effect on how it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. Whereas the way you explained it there sounded so much better saying, I like how I feel at this size more than when I'm this size. Other than saying, um, on a bad day, I'm this. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that from the outside view, when you say that, that people are like, understand it the way you do in your head. You know what I'm saying? And the dialogue that you tell yourself is, oh, this is a bad day because I'm this size. That does put a negative connotation on that size, just in general, from the outsider's perspective. But the way you explained it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but I think it's everyone's personal opinion because you can mm-hmm. use a bad day for a lot of things. Like I have bad hair days. I have mm-hmm. bad mental health days. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it just depends on like your own goals and your own feelings. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think when you explain it a little bit more, it makes much more sense. And I just don't want anybody to misunderstand what we're trying to convey. That that was my whole point. Because mm -hmm. I believe that all bodies are good bodies, no matter what they look like, in my opinion. But to share a little tidbit about the phrase plus size, according to Plus Model Magazine, in the fashion industry, plus size is identified as sizes 18 and over or sizes 1X through 6X. So if I go by the size number, I'm not a size, typically I'm not a size 18. I usually wear a 16. I prefer to wear a 1X and that fits my body just fine. So it's very confusing just with that. However, according to an online retail store, um, that's dedicated to sizes 10 through 32, they say that plus size, the most common way to reference sizes 14 and up in the retail industry. So to me, that just really confuses things because with that, you said sometimes you do wear a 14, so that would be considered plus size, but you don't consider that plus size. So I think you're right that it is a very personal thing that if you consider yourself plus size or not, and I did pick out a few other descriptive words um, that women of size like to describe themselves, like curvy, um, which some people take issue with that because maybe they don't actually look like they have like curves or like that, you know, hourglass figure. Fat is a word that is sometimes used. I use it sometimes, um, but it's so often remembered as a word to hurt somebody, but people are using that word to like reclaim it as a descriptor rather than like a negative connotation. Um, full figured, just like curvy, um, but sometimes it could be seen as negative. Um, and then there's Rubenesque, which is based off of the 17th century artist Peter Paul Rubens, um, back when he was painting and stuff like that, plus size women were more fashionable. Um, so it's meant to mean like plump or rounded, but usually like in a pleasing or attractive way, um, voluptuous, and there's more and more terms that people can use. But more often, I still use plus size and fat, and I do use fat as a descriptor rather than like negative, obviously. And I don't call myself plus size, but I will be like, Oh, like I am fat in certain areas because literally it's rolls of fat. <laughs> yeah. You know and what that, I mean? That's another thing. Yeah. Like some people use it as a descriptor, but you're like, no, there really is like fat under the skin here. Yeah. Like I'm <laughs> so like, my belly is not abs. It's fat. Let me tell you. <laughs> you're like, it literally is. There is fat. If you open me up, there's literally there's fat, literal under fat there. there. Yeah. So I just think it's it's such a like convoluted thing and like depending on words that you used growing up, your family used growing up, what you've heard in social media and books and TV and fashion, like it's all very important. So that's what we're here to talk about today. Yeah. And I think that it's important that like other people aren't telling you what you are like. It's different if I'm like, mm, I, you know, I'm fat or there's fat on my belly. But then if other people come to me and they're like, oh, yeah, you're fat. No, don't say that to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. There are many ways we can describe our bodies and it's no one's business how we want to describe our own bodies. So in my world, use whatever words or phrases you want, whatever you personally feel comfortable with go with that. We will be sharing some recommendations at the end of the episode of some books with plus size representation. So make sure you stay tuned to, for that. 
I don't have many recommendations because I have found that finding like quote unquote um, good plus side rep is not easy. Um, too many times I've read where a fatness is portrayed as a villainous trait and very few authors are willing to write fat characters as people who are like heroic, the good guy, the main lead. Um, so often the storyline is about them either like losing weight or being made fun of or they're the antagonist of the story. That's interesting because yeah I'm reading a book called uh, Things No One Will Tell Fat Girls and she was saying that same thing where the fat character always has to be like funny or dumb and then she named like a bunch of like older cartoons, ones that I didn't get to watch because I was homeschooled, but I kind of know in my head South Park and uh, Peter Griffin. What's that one mm -hmm. called? I forget. But anyway, yeah, she yeah. was saying that. And I was like, wow, actually, when you think about it. Family guy. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And it's like, oh, why do, like, why are they always portrayed like that? They're the quirky character. Mm -hmm. They're the sidekick. They're yeah. the funny Or like one. in Pitch Perfect, like Fat Amy from Pitch Perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, her character's hilarious, but like, they even had to call her fat, like have her call herself <laughs> Fat Amy. Know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, fat positive representation shows that body diversity is a positive thing and that there's nothing wrong with being whatever size you happen to be. Plus size men and women are sorely in need of heroes and heroines that they can identify with. Did you know that in the U.S. children as young as five years old learn fat phobia? Children learn that being fat is one of the worst things that can possibly happen, even worse than losing a parent. Fat phobia is learned behavior through observation, watching how people and the media treat fat people. No one wants to be hated, made fun of constantly, or considered evil. If there's no access to representation that counters this as bigotry, people will continue to model bigotry. Fiction plays a big role in how people see themselves and others. Studies have shown that fictional representations, like in books and movies, override lived experiences when it comes to people's idea of who and what is normal. So fiction can change our baseline of who is normal, desirable, interesting, friendworthy, etc. I've noticed in my own reading that I don't always catch problematic fat phobic scenes. And I think that's just because I'm so used to seeing it a certain way mm -hmm. um, that when I do come across it, it just seems so normal to me that I just scan right over and I'm like okay <laughs> that's yeah. normal there's no denying that plus size people are staking claim to fashion magazine spreads and media representation yet in many ways fat representation is still lacking particularly in fiction books if we don't ask for it it won't happen and by we I don't mean me and Jacqueline I mean the nearly 70 percent of women living in America guys I couldn't find plus size stats for you. It was very hard to confirm, but you get the point. In the U.S. alone, there are a bunch of plus size beauties and we need to demand fiction that represents us. One of the problems I have identified in my own reading habits is self-insertion. If I'm reading from the perspective of a female character and the author doesn't physically describe them, I can easily picture them any way I want. And often I don't even imagine the characters at all because I tend to enjoy more plot-based books than character-based stories. Since I do this, I never felt like I was missing like plus-size representation until I started reading some books with fabulous plus-size characters. 
Another reason we don't see enough plus size rep in fiction is because books centering on fat, self-accepting characters have not generated the kind of sales that make mainstream publishers sit up and take notice. Even publishers who offer novels, usually chiclet or romance, specifically aimed at plus size readers often do so with books that feature self-bashing women on perpetual diets and novels where the fat heroine must lose weight to get the guy, win the job, or fit into the dress. And although fat positive novels do pop up from time to time, writing them is still a radical act. Finding fat positive fiction to read can be a challenge. At this point, it's essentially word of mouth. Most book publishers don't want to lose the dieting readers by emphasizing self-acceptance too loudly. So very often, truly fat positive fiction comes from smaller presses. And we've recently talked about that with each other, not necessarily here on the podcast, about how we usually read you know, popular, you know, big press books. And we don't read those indie presses. And Mm -hmm. that's where the good stuff is. So I'm definitely trying to lean heavier into indie romance and just indie in general. Um, So slowly but surely, we're seeing stories pop up from bigger, bigger publishers. But we must never stop demanding what we want to see in fiction and media. And even though authors are making progress, like other marginalized communities, the market is still vastly underserved. Yeah, and I think that it's even the problem of just having all sizes because I feel like it's always, or I should say specifically in romance novels, it's always short, petite, little Mm -hmm women (laughs) or super curvy but like they talk about like their breasts and their butt and they they don't talk about their waistline you know yeah and it's like everybody's model beautiful (laughs) right and it's like okay why not put a taller girl in there why not put a redhead in there or you know whatever it is it's always like the stereotypical girl yeah you know give me a girl with acne give me a girl with a bad hair day give me a curvy or like talk about like being bloated during your period or whatever it is and it's like why are you let's just talk about periods in general like i never hear hear about going to the bathroom periods any of that (laughs) i also feel though that they could do it on even the other side of it because mm-hmm. even like the men it's like oh they have like rock harp abs and it's like um mm-hmm. no I like a dad bod like give yeah, me I a dad too. bod character <laughs> you know <laughs> give me that dad bod all right now let's jump into some book recommendations that feature plus size characters not all of these lean towards fat positive stories so do your own research as always but the books mentioned can be found in the notes of today's show okay so I broke up my recommendations adult young adult and middle grade um, so a couple of adult recommendations, Bingo Love by T. Franklin um, is a graphic novel. It's a story of a same-sex romance that spans over 60 years. Um, so at a chance meeting at a church bingo in 1963, Hazel Johnson and um, Mary McRae meet. And through their formative years, these two women develop feelings for each other and finally profess their love for one another. So not only is it like LGBT, um, Q plus, but both of the women are curvy women and their weight is never mentioned once, mm-hmm. but you get to see that they're curvy and they live that curvy lifestyle, but it's never like, Hey, let's lose some weight. You know, mm-hmm. next one is diet land. And I know, and this is by Sarai Walker and a lot of people, they hear the title of the book and I think they're scared off by the title. Cause it's like diet land really. And it's about this fat protagonist, mm-hmm. but it is so 
funny. It's so original. I've never read anything like it. Um, but it takes on the beauty industry, gender inequality, and our weight loss obsession. So the main character is Plum Kettle, and she is on the road to get like a weight loss surgery. But before that happens, there's this mysterious woman kind of following her around. And what ends up happening is just like crazy. Like she ends up like getting into this underground community of women who live their life on their own terms. And there's like these challenges that force Plum to deal with her past, her doubts, and the real cost of becoming quote unquote, beautiful. And then there's this gorilla group called Jennifer, um, which begins to terrorize a world that mistreats women. And as Plum grapples with her personal struggles, she begins getting entangled into this sinister plot. It's very, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever read. It is so interesting. So don't let the title scare you. It's so good. Yeah, I'm gonna look that one up. That sounds really good. So the next, I'll obviously mention one of my favorite series um, by Talia Hibbert, the Brown Sister series. So Get a Life, Chloe Brown, Take a Hint, Danny Brown, Actor Ave, Eve Brown. All of these are rom-com romance books that follow one of the Brown sisters as they fall in love. They're some of my favorite romance books, so definitely give these a go. I talk about them literally all the time. Um, a nonfiction memoir, Hunger by Roxanne Gay. Um, it's a memoir about um, her relationship with food, weight, self-image, and learning how to feed your hunger while taking care of yourself. This book made me absolutely fall in love with Roxane Gay as a writer. I thought she was very open and honest. It was real, it was raw, it was like kind of jaw dropping in a way. If you don't like nonfiction, I still think you should give this one a go because it was just really well done. Um, so a fantasy recommendation, Beneath the Sugar Sky by Shauna McGuire and possibly some of the other ones in the series. But this is part of the Wayward Children series that tells stories of children reintroduced to ordinary life after visiting these fantastical worlds and adventures. Um, this is the third, but you can read it as, as a standalone. And it tells the story of plus size Rennie who has to save the world again. Um, I also talk about this one a lot, but I'm going to mention it again. One to Watch by Kate Stamen London, which is follows B, who is a um, plus size fashion blogger. She ends up going on that show Main Squeeze, which is like The Bachelorette, basically. And then Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. Um, this one, I don't really remember ever remembering her weight being brought up. Um, but this is on so many plus size recommendations. I was like, this is one of those ones that I probably like glossed over mm -hmm. some of the, you know, the body descriptors and stuff like this. But so you have Drew, um, who is on his way to his ex wife's or his ex's wedding. And there is a power outage in the elevator and him and Alexa are stuck in the elevator together and they get to talking and stuff like that. And he decides to invite her as his date to the wedding. Really liked that one. And then recently I read Teach Me, 40 Love and Sweetest in the Gale all by Olivia Dade. It's part of the There's Something About Marysburg series. Like I said, I recently binged this series and I overall super enjoyed it. 40 Love was my least favorite, but the rest I definitely recommend. Um, it had characters in their 40s, which I've never, I think I have read books where characters have been like in their upper 30s, 40s before, but this clearly says that this character is 43, mid 40s, 
47 like it says the number and I'm like that's so nice but most of the characters um, were teachers which I'm a former teacher myself and most of the characters were plus size so I was just loving it it was a fabulous time I'll definitely keep books by Olivia Date on my radar moving forward because I know she definitely has some other ones out there as well and I know people have been telling me to read spoiler alert by Olivia Date they've been recommending that to me so that's definitely on my radar moving forward yeah I have spoiler alert on my TBR so I definitely want to pick that one up um, I recently have been like compiling a list of like TBR books that have fat rep that I want to um, start reading so I have read like I read um, one to watch which was on your list and totally agree with um, that recommendation I mean I think that's a really good plus size book and then I am currently reading I'm like halfway through a, a like nonfiction type it's not really a memoir it's like a self-help I guess um, but it's called things no one will tell fat girls and this is by Jess Baker and it's really just like it's her just being like honest and witty she used to be a blogger and um, she advocates uh, like being plus size and making that a normal thing and not having the negative stigma for that. She also talked about just like dieting culture in general, how like it went from, you know, like you need to be skinny, you need to be skinny, you need to be skinny to that was getting such a negative connotation that they're like, oh, well now you need to be healthy. That mm -hmm. healthy is the new dieting approach, you know? Mm -hmm. And and how when someone looks at a plus size person, they immediately think, oh, that person's not healthy, but this skinny person is healthy. Mm -hmm. And I definitely have seen that. Like with even the size that I am and within my own family, I have definitely seen where they think skinny people are the healthy people. And if I have extra weight on me, I must be doing something wrong or I must be unhealthy or whatever it is. And it's actually kind of funny because I've gotten a lot of like health medical things done recently and I'm a really healthy individual. So it's like, um, I don't think that it really matters like that, but people don't see that. They just look right. at the outside. She was even talking about how like if a plus size person eat, is eating a donut, like people just look down on that but if mm -hmm. a plus size person is eating like a salad they're like oh good I'm glad that she's trying you know what I mean and yeah. it's like um <laughs> yeah. no like that shouldn't be like you should not be caring what I'm eating what I'm putting in my mouth like I can do whatever I want whatever makes me feel whatever I want you right. know so um I'm actually learning a lot I think that this is really good for if you are kind of new to plus size rep or you you want to learn more like maybe I've seen these TikToks that are going around where they say um it's called oh pretty privilege and they're saying how like maybe they used to be skinny and now they are overweight and they're like hmm let me tell you about my pretty privilege like I used to be treated so well and now no one even wants to look at me in the eyes you know so I I feel like I'm just starting to get in and being like, okay, I really need to understand this and what's going on and how I should feel or how other people shouldn't tell me things. And so this is a really good, I think, beginner book if you 
have no clue that this has been going on, you know, like if you have been oblivious. Yeah, it's definitely something that I'm interested in reading for sure. All right, so moving on to some young adult recommendations, The Upside of Unrequited by Becky Albertalli. It is part of a series. Um, in this one, we follow 17-year-old Molly Peskin, Suso, who knows all about unrequited love. She's basically fallen in love and like had crushes on people like 26 times. Um, and because no matter how many times her twin sister Cassie tells her to woman up, Molly can't stomach the idea of rejection. So she's careful. Fat girls always have to be careful. So I don't know if that has like the best like body positive representation, but because it's been a while since I've read it, but I do remember really enjoying the book. Another one, um, Dumplin' by Julie Murphy. I've only read the first book, but I do have the third book. So I need to get the second book so I can read both. Um, so it is book one in a series. Um, you have Fat Girl, Willow Dean Dixon, dubbed Dumplin' um, by her former beauty queen mom. Um, her mom runs this like all-American beauty pageant and Willow decides to go ahead and enter um, because she is very like positive about her body and she feels very self-confident about her body and it's really about her like entering this beauty pageant making new friends and stuff like that but she also like meets this new guy at work and some things that happen that like set her back in her confidence and stuff like that I don't know it was just it's a really quick read it's a really cute read I recommend it's it it's actually a movie too and I actually didn't read the book I only watched the movie and it was phenomenal it was very good I still good. need to watch the movie yeah so. highly recommend the last one I want to recommend in the young adult category is To Be Honest by Maggie Ann Martin and I was a little worried about this one going in because um, Savannah is dreading being home alone with her overbearing mother after her sister goes off to college but if she can just get through her senior year she'll be able to escape herself to college um, but her mom has this obsession with weight and it's only grown deeper since her appearance on an extreme weight loss show so savvy's mom went on this weight loss show lost a bunch of weight and now she's like obsessed on like keeping it off and i was worried like is that going to be like triggering or like what but between her mom's diet helicoptering missing her sister and worrying about um her college future um, she meets George, the cute new kid at school who has insecurities of his own. And as they grow closer, they help each other to discover how to live in the moment and enjoy the here and now before it disappears. That one's definitely on my list to read just because my mom was always like super into dieting and stuff like that. So I want to see if I have some of the same thoughts as like the daughter in that book. Oh, probably definitely for sure. Because <laughs> I have heard people like you that have had like a mom that's like super into the weight loss thing and stuff like that and then how it kind of affected them and stuff like that so all right moving on to some middle grade recommendations stargazing by jen wang recently read this it's a middle grade graphic novel it's 100 percent fat positive so you have moon and her mother who are both plus size and there is never a mention of their weight or how they look at all but you can see it on page and it's freaking adorable um it's the story of a friendship between two girls christine and moon and they come from two very different families so christine's parents are a more traditional chinese american family and moon is being raised by a single mother they're buddhist they're vegetarian moon listens to k-pop she paints her nails and the is like basically the complete opposite of christine um when i bought it i did not read the full synopsis 
as I like to do because I just I have been spoiled so many times um so when I was reading it it definitely took a turn that I didn't see coming um nothing to do with the weight but it just got really emotional and it did have like a harder hitting topic in there so I suggest if you like Jin Wang as much as I do just trust that it's amazing and go into it without knowing too much um Sweet Pea by Julie Murphy this is about um it's a middle grade story about Patricia Sweet Pea DeMarco. Um, her parents announced that they're getting a divorce. She never could have imagined that. Of course, I don't think any child of this age could imagine their parents getting a divorce. But her parents have this brilliant idea of living on the same street. And they're basically like a couple houses down from each other. So it's like her mom's house. There's like a neighbor in the middle and then like her dad's house. And she's learning to split her time between the two houses. But what the story is about is the house in the middle has this eccentric neighbor, Miss Flora May. And she's like an advice columnist for Miss Flora Mayi and she ends up having to go out of town for some reason so she asks Sweet Pea to like check her mail and send her the letter so she can keep up with the correspondence and stuff like that but as she's doing that she sees this letter and she's like oh I think I know who this is and she like opens the letter <laughs> so it's really cute again it reads super fast as a middle grade novel usually does and my last middle grade recommendation is Jelly by Joe Cotterell and Jelly is 11 years old in this and she's that funny girl in the classroom. She mm -hmm. uses like her, you know, being funny, the comedian of the classroom to kind of hide her insecurities and stuff like that. Um, she's popular because she's so funny um, and she does really great impressions and stuff like that. Um, but she's learning how to deal with the put downs by brushing them off and pretending she finds it all very funny. So if someone makes a joke about her, she kind of laughs about it, even though like she's not laughing with them. She's just trying to, you know, get the attention off of her. But what I loved about this one is she writes these poems and she writes about like her private worries in this notebook. And you get to actually see that in the story. Like you get to read some of her poetry and read some of her thoughts. And it's just like, wow. This 11-year-old girl is ahead of her times because she's so smart at 11 years old. And I don't know, it's just like a really heartwarming story. So Yeah, I remember when you read that in like a reading vlog like a year or so ago. And I mm -hmm. remember hearing like just how much you loved that one. So what's the verdict? Do you think plus size representation is important? And do you see yourself making a conscious effort to seek out books with fat rep? 100% yes and yes. <laughs> I definitely think it's important to show support for literature with plus size rep because as we said near the beginning, if we don't make it a quote unquote normal thing, then it can quickly lose traction and go away. Unfortunately, the two genres I read the most are thrillers and romance. So the most fat rep I see is in the romance genre, but it should be in every genre. Like I said, I mentioned one fantasy, but I don't often see it in fantasy. I don't, I, I don't think people are described in thrillers like ever. I can't ever remember yeah. how someone looked in a thriller. Um, so only really romance is where they describe their body, I guess, because that's how people are attracted in the romance genre mm -hmm. um but like i said it should be in every genre um i've been researching some fiction with plus size rep and i do have some of my tbr but i'm always looking for more so if you're out there and you're listening and you have some recommendations i'm all ears i know you said you haven't read as much um if any and i was curious why you think that is do you not seek it out um do you think it's the genres you read um i definitely just haven't like see i, I guess it's because like when i I'm 
looking for books like I usually am just looking for something that I'm interested in and it wasn't until the last like year or so where I've been putting more of an effort into being like hmm maybe I need to learn about like problematic topics or culture myself more often. Most of the time when I'm putting together a TBR it's either someone like told me like oh my gosh you're gonna love this book it's so great or I've heard good things about it somewhere else, or I read the synopsis and I'm like, ooh, yeah, that definitely sounds good. So I think it's because I read mostly thrillers that fat rep hasn't really come up until right. recently where, um, you know, I'm like, oh, actually, I haven't really read. I mean, I read one to watch, but I didn't read it because I was like, oh, I definitely need to read this because of the fat rep in it. I was like, ooh, I love The Bachelorette. This is cool that they did a different spin on it. Let mm -hmm. me read it. Um, yeah. But I do have a whole list. I went on Goodreads and like kind of tagged a bunch of books that I had on my TBR or added ones. So that ooh. way I could have a section of like, okay, if I want to do a vlog or a video or if I want mm -hmm. to make a conscious effort to read those. Because sometimes like that. my TBR is just huge and I... I know. I, you know, it's like, where do you even start, you know? Where so, do I even start, Jacqueline, is yeah. the real question. Yeah, so some of the ones I have on there, I have Fat Chance by Nick Spaulding. I have Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. Starfish by Lisa Phipps. Uh, and that's middle grade, right? Yeah, it is, yeah. Cool. That's the one where she's, like, in the pool. Laying out on the pool? <laughs> yeah. I actually did have the Diet Land on my – so it's funny because, like, you were, like – Telling, you know, recommending Dietland. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to add that to my list. It was already on my TBR. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So I have that one. I do have Hunger by Roxanne Gay because yes. I do love memoirs. Um, I also. And it's hard hitting too. It's not just about her relationship with food and stuff like that. Yeah. I think you'll like that one. Yeah. And I also have To Be Honest by Maggie Ann Martin. And then also there's something about Sweetie by Sandhya Menon, I think. And then I also yes. have this like horror apocalyptic one called Before and After by Andrew Shanahan. I just got it for my birthday and it is about a very like overweight, I think he, I think it said he's 600 pounds and like the end of the world, like I think it's like a zombie apocalypse or something. Um, so I have no clue like where it's going, how it's going, but I was like, that's really interesting to read about like someone's point of view from that because I feel mm -hmm. like it's always these like crazy active CrossFit people that can just <laughs> run away or Survivalist. whatever, or, like kill the zombies. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that wouldn't be me. <laughs> So I am yeah. interested. So that's like a couple of the books that I have. Good. Plus that, good. yeah, that one that I'm currently reading right now. So I'm hoping to maybe make like a specific vlog or something trying out some of these. I always say I'm going to do that. <laughs> I never get around to it. But yeah. It's it so hard it to just fit all of the content in. <laughs> so how's your summer going, number one? And do you have anything coming up that you're really excited about? So my summer has been going really great. I got myself on a good filming slash editing schedule for the weeks and then still having time for like self-care and playing Animal Crossing and doing stuff like that. I have been, speaking of this being like plus size rep, I've actually been exercising five days a week without a problem because like I am somebody that like I usually hate exercise. Like I just don't like it. To me, I'm like, why would I do something that I dislike so much? Right. I don't know. So anyway, I had done like a jump roping challenge for my one YouTube channel a couple of weeks ago and I ended up really really loving jump roping so I've been doing that and then I also really enjoy taking walks like into town or even last night I took one like around the development 
um, a, a couple times, and it's kind of hilly, so I'm getting, like, some good inclines. It's but kind I of in- hilly. It's very hilly, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I live in a very mountainous area, but um, I have been listening to audiobooks while doing that, so I'm not, like, walking, standing there, being like, okay, how much further do I have to go? Okay, like, there's, you know... How much can you look at the landscape every single time? So even today on my walk back from town, there was a very exciting part in my audiobook. And like, man, I just like zoned out. I was just like in the audiobook. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So I'm getting some sun. And even though I'm not like no, doing like CrossFit or anything crazy like that, I still yeah. have been feeling much better, like just moving my body mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Um, so that's been really, really great. And then I'm very excited. I'm actually going to the beach with Gwen and yes. other ladies in my book yeah. club um, in just a couple weeks. So that's going to be so I fun. I am so excited about it. Like, yeah. I'm so excited about it. And Jacqueline is so organized. She's like, here's an itinerary of what we're going to do. Here's mm-hmm. what we're going to have to eat. I just, I really am so excited to, because some of them I haven't ever met, um, obviously, because it's an online book club and they live all across the country and stuff like that. We even have members like outside of the country. But yeah, I'm just so excited that we're able to do this and meet some of you guys and hang out with you for a solid week are you kidding me yeah and I love the beach in general so one of my favorite places so it's gonna be like so nice to relax but also like have time to talk with everybody and just like make memories with everyone that's gonna be so yeah I think that I've just been like really craving something like that since 2020 was so crazy Mm -hmm. um where we're going to the beach I usually have been going there year after year after year um but then of course in 2020 I couldn't do that and I just feel like I haven't really gotten out you know and now that things are like opening up and everybody's getting vaccinated and you know all of that I just feel like we can do stuff again and hang out with our friends so I am really really excited about that so how's your summer been going you've been doing some book hauls (laughs) (laughs) yeah I've been doing a lot of book hauls guys um well the problem is is that you know the book exchange Mm -hmm. um you know how great it is and how like if you do have books to trade in which you unhaul the majority of your books so if you had one of these stores it would be really dangerous for you Mm -hmm. but um I don't unhaul as many books as Jacqueline does but when I do I take them there and they give me store credit one of those stores literally opened up within walking distance of my house. That's awesome. <laughs> and it was so crazy because I was there on opening day and I was their first trade and I got a stack of books, guys, because it's store credit. You're not, these The books that I give them are books that I'm done with. What else would I do with these books? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically I'm selling them, but for store credit. Yeah. And then I'm getting, it's like, I'm, it's like an exchange program, you know? And I just, I freaking love it. So I've already been there twice. And I just saw on their Instagram that I believe this coming weekend is going to be their grand, their official grand opening and they're going to have like free donuts. So I'm like, donuts? Books? I'm there. <laughs> um, and plus, I've like I said, I've only been there twice, but the girl literally knows my name. <laughs> I walked in the other day and she was like, hey, Gwen, let us know if we can help you with anything. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they already know me. And I've only been here <laughs> twice. 
<laughs> so that was interesting. So yes, yeah, so I've been hauling a lot of books. I was jumping rope. Jacqueline inspired me. Uh, but then I was shopping at Wegmans and I totally twisted my knee. I've had problems with my knee in the past, like 20 years plus. I've had problems with my knee, um, but I really messed it up in the grocery store. So I took a little bit of time off. And then we were doing Romance-a-thon and I was vlogging every single day for that. So I didn't really have time to like fit my jump roping into that. And then after Romance-a-thon, it's literally been raining buckets. And so today is my first sunny day. And I was like, and I'm recording the podcast today. So, <laughs> and I also need to film some videos because it's light and bright. So I'm like, oh, will I ever get back to it? So I just need to make the time, but I definitely want to get back into it. Um, was having a lot of fun with that. Looking forward to the beach trip. I just love sunny weather. Finally went to the beach for the first time last week. That was super peaceful and just I'm so zen there. I wish I could just literally live on the sand for every day for the rest of my life. It's so exciting. All right, so make sure you're following us on Instagram at Talk Bookish Podcast to get up-to-date information, episode drops, and behind the scenes from us. We'll be back in two weeks with our most disappointing reads of the year so far. Until next time, happy, happy reading! reading. <laughs>